some views and contents are called extreme. Continue at your own risk. By the way, welcome to 2023. So, hey, y'all. Um, I meant for this show to come out, this episode, before the end of the year, but uh, travesty struck my family. Um, my mother died at the age of 68 on New Year's Day. She was a wonderful woman amazing person. She was struck down by leukemia. So I didn't have time to finish working on this episode. I hope what I got so far you enjoy. If so, please subscribe. The more subscribers I have, the better. I appreciate everyone and happy have a happy new year. Thank you. was a ship that put to sea the name of the ship was a bully of tea the winds blew up her bowed up down oh below my bully boys blow <gasps> soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum one day when the tonguing is done we'll take our leave and go system. You are nothing more than a number. But together, we are many members. And when you add numbers together, they grow. They get bigger. And as our numbers multiply, all they can do is try to divide us. But there is strength in our numbers. We are the renegades. And this is our revolution.
When M After 28 years, it is my choice now to jump without a net into the great unknown, as I do for the first time in my 62 years. My biggest worry is for my country, and my love of country I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods, and it must be acknowledged and answered for. Who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by their constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of have decided to join the mob and become something they are not, while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. After moved on. Tell me I'm wrong. Thank you. Guys, once again, I'm going to give away one of your secrets, but this one is not going to be very popular with the ladies. Bet. I thought this was obvious, but apparently not. I'm really sick of seeing girls on this app being like, oh, he ghosted me. He just suddenly stopped talking to me. What's wrong with you, man? Why do you do this? Do you want to know why? It's one of two reasons. You might have came on too strong, a little too fast. You know, maybe sent him some nudes or something, and he's not all guys are like that, believe it or not. Oh, they don't all want to see your poo-tang. But two, which is probably the biggest reason. And gentlemen, if I am wrong, tell me. Do you know why he suddenly just stopped talking to you? Because he was probably the one initiating all the conversations. And then one day, he stopped initiating it to see if you would initiate it, and you never did. So he just stopped texting you because he felt like you didn't give a shit about him. And he moved on. Tell me I'm wrong. Thank you. Then and now. Don't 
Chad's house. Alright, you know the rules. What rules? Don't talk to Grandma. No, strangers. Strangers. Right, right. Don't talk Before to you cross the street, look at the lady. No, no, look both ways. Okay, look both ways. And I know you stole Skittles from the gas station last time. And a Reese's. What? I stole Skittles and a Reese's peanut butter cup. Now wait for it. I'm doing it again. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not a criminal. And remember, when you get there, you're going to do what? Ring the doorbell. No. Knock on the door. No. I got to either ring the doorbell or knock on the door. When you get there, who are you going to call? Randy Evans. Who? Randy Evans from my class. No. You're going to call me. Oh, I was going to say, why would I call Randy Evans from my class? Dad, I'm leaving. Where are you? I don't care if you don't like me. The voices in my head do, and we party pretty hard. Request for today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates. We are also sending letters to the court today that details what we have. We are releasing a report today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates, renewing our request for voluntary production of documents relevant to this investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden the President of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by members of the President's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, Conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, 
violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. I now turn to releasing a report. Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from With taped the remarks of Biden States. during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? Terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor? Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. Morton? <laughs> dying. I say dead. Our young men are taught that weakness is strength, that delicacy is desirable, and that being a soft metrosexual is more valuable than training the mind, body, and soul. Social media has weakened us, siphoning our men of their will to fight to rise in a noble manner, square their jaws, and charge once more into the breach of life to defend what they love. So in this precipice of disaster, I ask the young men in this nation a question. Will you sit behind a screen while the story tales of your forefathers become myth? Or will you stand resolute against the dying light of America's golden age? Will you reclaim your masculinity? Will you become a man to be feared, to be respected, to be looked up to? Or will you let this nation's next generation be its final generation? Our young... Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. Republicans say that... I'm 
know this plan is foolproof. Check this out. First of all, you and me start working at the bank. Doesn't matter the position, okay? Just so long as we get in there, right? Then we just go there every day, do the work, gain their trust until we get them in the palm of our hand. All right. That's how we get the money. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, bro. They deposit the money into our bank accounts week after week, month after month. They're not even going to know they'd be robbed. And then 20, 30 years later, we walk out the front door like nothing even happened. Mother that's called a job. Start this next song. I'm going to get you started, but then I want you to take that shit over and make it your own. Are you fucking down to do that, my friends? I'll get you started, and then you finish. Are you ready? Here we go. Shh. I push my fingers into my... Yeah, it's... 
Chad. First off, fuck Chad. What happened? Well, the two of us were playing house, right? Sure. He was the dad, I was the mom, and I told him, we can't make love tonight because I'm on my period. Okay, I should have stayed out of I'm not sure if that's what set him off, but he starts yelling at the baby. The baby? Yeah, our son, Darius James Banks. You should see him. He looks just like him. Uh, of course. Keep, keep going. So then he starts on me, starts calling me a cheater because I kissed another guy. You kissed a guy? Well, not in real life, just make believe. When I play house, I'm such a hussy, I can't keep my legs closed. I'm just so nasty. Okay, just finish. Long story short, he hit. He hit you? Yeah, and I'm a lady. Right. Well, make believe, but still, you shouldn't put your hands on a woman. My generation got our driver's license at 14, had a job at 16, and moved out at 17. Your generation is still trying to define what a woman is and living in your parents' basement until you're 35. My generation grew up on uncensored everything. Your generation censors everything. My generation shot guns, rode dirt bikes, and went camping for fun. Your generation stares at your phone all day and dances on the internet in your sister's underwear. My generation knew how to make decisions, important ones. Your generation can't even decide which bathroom to use. 
My generation wants the truth and the facts, no matter how uncomfortable they are. Your generation is so offended that the truth and the facts don't support whatever outlandish bull is floating around in your imagination that you've started labeling everything that you don't agree with as misinformation. My generation has two genders. Your generation has 89,347 and counting. My generation judges people on whether or not they're an asshole. Your generation judges people on race, weight, religion, sex, gender, financial standing, something that they tweeted 20 years ago in grade. My generation. Yo, some people say that guy. What, what am I, what did I just watch? Seriously, what did I just watch? Y'all, I came across a crazy video, okay? And I clicked play on it, I seen the video, I was like, yeah, I gotta show y'all this. I gotta show y'all this. This is ridiculous. Seriously, this is honestly ridiculous. But without further ado, man, if we go ahead and hop right into the video, y'all know what to do. Hit the like button, subscribe to the notifications, follow your boy on IG. What is y'all doing? I haven't said that in a long, long time. Whatever I do. Let's get into this crazy, crazy video. If black POCs stand in the street and scream at the top of their lungs, I hate all white people, I want all white people to die, die white devil, you cracker bitch, um, that's still not racism. And I don't know why people don't get that, why white people are not comprehending. First of all, first of all, lady, lady, I, I need you to understand something. Ain't nobody in their mama gonna say, die white cracker devil be. Ain't no, that's corny. I'm sorry. That, that is corny. That, that is not something a grown woman should say. You are too grown to be saying anything like that. You are actually too grown to be thinking that black people have the privilege to go out there and say all these hurtful things to white people, but white people can't do the same thing to black people. Y'all be so hypocritical. It, it kind of It's kind of funny to me because not only are you saying these things, I will expect this coming from somebody that wasn't white. Okay, I'm, I'm beyond. I will, I will expect this coming from somebody that wasn't white. I'm literally listening to a white woman talk about how black people can do whatever they pretty much want to do without getting canceled and all that, but then we say white people has privilege. Don't don't black people have privilege? Because if we're privileged enough, or if we can go out there and say these hurtful things and not be canceled and not have no backlash and not lose our job, it's crazy to me that black, I mean, white people have privilege, but black people don't, because I'm pretty sure that's privilege right there. That's privilege right there. That is racist. It's racist. It, it, seriously, like, just, just listen to yourself. Just listen to yourself, lady. You're not making no sense. What you just said, that is racist. All right? That is honestly racist because it would be it would, it would have been racist if white people wouldn't do it to black people. So how is it not racist if black people do it to white people? Please, stop jumping. Stop doing the little jumpy, jumpy, jump. No, ain't no. Seriously, no. Racism is racism. Black people can be racist too. Everybody can be racist. <laughs> Man, you people are sick. I swear, oh my gosh. You're white talking like this. That's what's not, it's, it's not clicking in my head the fact that you're white. You're white. You, you can tell you're not mixed. You're not mixed with anything. You're just white. <laughs> you're talking like this. I don't know if you want your little cool points from black people, but I'm looking at you and I'm black and I'm just looking at you like you're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. That's discrimination. It's an action that's bred out of a prejudice. Why people are not comprehending that. 
That's discrimination. It's an action that's bred out of a prejudice, for sure. Justified, arguably. But screaming, um, white people should die in my face doesn't change my socioeconomic status. It doesn't change the fact that the criminal justice system was built to serve me and people who look like me. It doesn't change the fact that my skin color won't get me brutalized by the police. It doesn't change the fact that the entire country... This right here is the... This right here are the people I, I just do not like. Because one thing I know for a fact is that the same stuff that happened to black people happened to white people. I know that for a fact. Police, brutality, that happens in every single community. That's not just the black community. That's what you people feel to realize. You people really sit there and think that, oh my gosh, police, they only pick on black people. They only pick on, it's black officers too. It's black officers too. So are you saying that they're racist if they kill another black man? I'm just curious. Police brutality happens literally in every single community. Just because you haven't dealt with it yet, trust and believe it may happen sooner or later. It may happen. So, and I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say when you get pulled over by the police, and you probably do not uh, do not uh, cooperate with the police. I want to see. I want to see where you want to be. I want to know if they're going to be gentle with you, or if they're going to take you down and do what they got to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I really want to see that. Because police brutality happens in every single community. It's not just one community. That's what y'all fail to realize. You and you really sitting here talking as if you just man. Oh my. Gosh, bro, this this lady needs all the help. I seriously, she needs Jesus. She need uh, she she need a therapist. That's what she needs for real, for real. Country was built to cater to people who look like me. Screaming, I hate white people, doesn't change the fact that the entire country was built to cater to people who look like me. Screaming, I hate white people at me, doesn't change the fact that I am dripping with white privilege. As long as I hold the power dynamic, I cannot be subject to racism. Hurt white feelings does not equal racism. This is not a conversation. If BIPOC stand in the street and scream at the top of their lungs, I hate all white people, I want... I have no words, y'all. I seriously have no words. Usually when I make videos like this, I have everything in the books to say. Everything. I seriously have no words for this lady. Because it's crazy to me. You, I, you're, you're literally just saying everything that black people say about y'all. Pretty much. And you're basically saying, oh, it's okay. You understand why, You understand their, their frustration. My whole thing is that black people haven't even been. They haven't even experienced all the hurt that must happen that happened to our ancestors. So for them to keep bringing that into 2022, thinking that, oh, back in 1865 or back in 1864, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Back in the 1800s, when they keep bringing all that pain and hurt that black people done faced back then to 2022, they haven't even dealt with half of the trauma that uh, our ancestors even dealt with, dealt with. Like, you literally just talking just to get some cool points from black people. Because, you know, black people go see your video and they're going to be, oh, my gosh, she's so correct. All the woke black people, the, the black people that don't have no common sense with what's going on in America. The people who vote Democrat, like, those are the people that's going to get your, you know what I'm saying? Those are the people that's going, oh, my gosh, she's so right. She's so right. But you're not. You just sound stupid. All you all you doing right now is basically. Telling black people that it's that you understand their frustration, that you that you uh that you're quick that you're okay with them being racist to you, but you can't be racist back to them. 
all white people to go die and die white devil you cracker bitch um that's still not racism and i don't know why people don't get that why white people are not comprehending that that's discrimination it's an action that's bred out of a prejudice for sure justified arguably but screaming um white people should die in my face doesn't change my socioeconomic status it doesn't change okay. i'm done y'all y'all let me know what y'all think about this y'all seriously let me know what y'all think about this, this is like this is the first video i just honestly gave up on it's like i have no other thoughts for this video simply because it's stupid it's stupid the way that you're talking about your own community you know what i'm saying and when i talk about black people i don't just bash them and talk down on them. like no i want them to wake up but you seriously giving the you giving black people the, the leeway to say, yeah, you can say all these things about us. We understand. Well, I understand. I am dripping with right privilege. Like, well, like I'm just confused. One thing we got to stop doing is talking down on ourselves. I'm dripping with right privilege. Or, you know, for black people, oh, I'm oppressed. Stop talking down on yourself. Life or death lies in the power of the tongue. Y'all need to realize that. And what she's saying right now is a whole bunch of nonsense. Whole bunch of nonsense, bruh. Seriously, I, I just don't understand. It's like anything that black people do is not racist. It's not racist at all. We can do whatever we choose to do. That's not racist. But y'all do anything to us, we we at y'all next. Everything is racist that y'all do. You see the hypocrisy? It's like we pick and choose, and that's exactly what you're doing. You're just picking and choosing. You want to be, you want to have your little cool points from black people. That's what you want. That's why you make the video. You don't even believe half of the stuff that you're saying. You're just saying what black people want to hear. That's what you're doing. Exactly what you're doing because I could tell that you're pure white. And that's no offense. I'm just being honest. You're pure white. I could tell. And you just want your little... That's all you... That's why you make the video. This is a whole bunch of nonsense. Y'all need to get out y'all heads. And seriously, bro. Seriously. See Jesus. That's what you need. Seek him. Seek him. Seek him. Gain some wisdom. Gain some knowledge. About what's really going on. <laughs> y'all let me know what y'all think about this video, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, turn on post notifications, man. I love y'all. Y'all, man, this video got me hot, bro. I don't even got nothing to say, bro. I'm just like, I should make this a short, honestly. But y'all let me know what y'all think about the video, man. I love y'all. God bless. Stay blessed. Peace. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other. How to dislike each other. That's pretty much what it's going to, that's pretty much, I don't care say, it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids, this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, time up, you only got five minutes, minutes, five minutes, two medical degrees, no mom, no dad in the house, work my way through college, sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You're going to tell me somebody look like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't gonna be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't gonna let you get no, oh, you know you're not gonna be able to do it here because, you know, white, the, the white man, the white man gonna keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit there and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of uh, this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? 
This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing we're going to say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Not their skin. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely going to complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black people. Some other dog will sit there and just pee, pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. When it all comes down to it, the person that's going to be suffering from this, the ones that's going to be hurt from this, is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on the blame for this? Because this is the stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. You know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. No. To the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunk this stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So the CRT stuff, BS. Tonight, would you please welcome to the show Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You talk about in this book, and it's so powerful. It's a great American story. You grew up in a rat-infested home in Greensboro, North Carolina. Life wasn't easy for you. Mm -hmm. You're now the lieutenant governor of the state. A lot of people believe you'll be the next governor of North Carolina. I would not be surprised. I'd be surprised if you weren't. So what is it about Mark Robinson that made all of this journey and it happened. Well, I think number the number one thing is the fact that I was introduced at an early age uh, to my faith through my mother. Uh, faith is what's got us through. I tell people, folks don't believe this is still the greatest uh, country on earth. I've got a story to tell them because uh, my story is only possible in America and with God. Mm. And so it's the it's the faith factor that really is what puts us over God's door. I know that you're one of the most absolute dynamic speakers I've ever heard. But God has given you an ability to communicate in such a way, and it all started at that city council meeting. Did you plan that it would be that much of an impact when you went and spoke? Absolutely not. And in fact, when I went to that meeting, I didn't plan on speaking at all. Uh, I got down to that meeting uh, because I'd done a lot of politicking on social media, and I said, you know, here's a chance to go down and be seen in person to stand up for what you believe in. And so I went down and my intention was to support the people who I knew would be there speaking, uh, for speaking up for things that I believed in. But when I got there and I heard some of the things that I heard, I just honestly, I got madder and madder. And I just said, I've got to say something. And I, the, the rest, as they say, is, uh, is history. At, at what point did it become uh, obvious that God might be saying, hey, Mark, there may be an opportunity for you run for office. And I'm sure there may have been in your mind, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if there was a moment when that happened, but I do remember the moment it hit me how life-changing this had been. And this is, uh, I can't remember, it maybe early 2019, hmm. I had been invited to go to Nuremberg, Germany. 
uh, by a gun rights group in Europe. And as I was leaving Nuremberg, uh, I was looking out the window at the mountains in the distance and thinking, uh, I've come all this way and now God has led me all the way to Nuremberg, Germany on this journey. This is not by happenstance. Yeah. This is an on purpose. This is where God wants me. He wants me in this arena uh, to share a word that's going to inspire people to keep the rights that he has given them. Uh, and it's led me all the way over here to a foreign country. So it was at that moment that I knew that God was leading me in the direction that he wanted me to be in. Your book is titled, We Are the Majority. A lot of people say, oh, no, 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 you, you, you conservatives and pro-life people and pro-Second Amendment people, uh, you, you really are out there on the extreme. You're on the edge. You don't think that. Absolutely not. And when I say we are the majority, I'm not just talking about the people who think like me. I'm talking about all the Americans and uh, all the Americans in this country who get up every day, go to work, work hard for their families, uh, play fair, play by the rules and want, want to keep and maintain their rights and want to be treated fairly. That's the majority in this country. The vast majority of, of people in this country, they want to do the right thing and they want the right thing done. No matter what party they may be a part of or, or whether they're political or apolitical, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about that group of Americans that want to do it right and do it right themselves. You know, Governor, I think that there are a lot of people who can relate to you as a person who has struggled. Uh, you know, you didn't go get a Harvard law degree and uh, hang out your shingle in some law firm. You've worked hard. You've worked like a lot of Americans have had to work, and you bring that to the state capitol every single day. That's got to be important. Absolutely. One of the first questions I was asked when I was running for lieutenant governor, uh, someone asked me, how much political experience do you have? <laughs> My answer was, I have zero political experience, and I don't want any political experience. What I want to do is I want to take the citizenship experience that I have mm. as a North Carolinian and as an American. I want to take that to Raleigh and represent the North Carolinians who have walked the same walk that I've walked. Because I, I understand what they've gone through. I understand what they are because I've been there. And I don't ever want to forget that. I don't want to be that person that has a political career. I want to be that uh, citizen servant who is there to serve the people who elected them. And we want to keep that perspective always. What a novel idea. A representative form of government with people who actually represent real people. Absolutely. There's no wonder why you have become one of the most popular political figures in the country. I will predict that this book, We Are the Majority, will be a runaway bestseller. It should be. Uh, it is your story, but it's also the story of every American who just loves this country and loves the basic uh, constitutional privileges that we have. That's right. Anxious to see where God is going to take you, wherever the top is. I have a feeling that's where you're headed. Yes, sir. Thank but you. Uh, we're so glad to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. It's been a pleasure. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Now, our audience can pick up the book, We Are the Majority. It's available wherever books are sold. And you can also keep up with the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina online. We have all the links for you to do that at Huckabee.tv. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Since you're still here, let me share something with you. If you click on the subscribe button below, hit that notification bell next to it. This past weekend at CPAC Texas 2022, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson delivered a scorching tirade against the American left wing. 
Robinson, a devout Christian and hard-right politician, lambasted the Democratic Party with charged rhetoric and warning of encroaching communism. Robinson was elected as North Carolina's first black lieutenant governor in 2020 and has embraced the culture wars while building a national profile at national conservative conventions like CPAC. He is considered a potential gubernatorial candidate in 2024 and a rising star in the Republican Party. They told me I had 12 minutes. I don't see anything on the screen, so I guess I'm with y'all for the rest of the evening. Not gonna use that podium. I can't stand still. I got vertigo. I might fall off this stage. Very first thing I'm gonna do is always I'm gonna give thanks to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the very first thing I'm gonna do. I sat on the 27th floor of this hotel last night and looked out over the skyline of Dallas, Texas. I am a poor kid from Greensboro, North Carolina, an alcoholic father uh, my, who died when I was 12 years old. My mother made me the man that I am. Every strike that the left says I have, I had against me. Poor, black, uh, widowed mom living on the wrong side of the tracks. But that poor black kid from the wrong side of the tracks was sitting on the 27th floor of this hotel overlooking the Dallas skyline as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. America is still the greatest nation on earth. And I don't care what these communists say. I don't care what these socialists say. I don't care what these blue haired freaks say with a tackle box in their face at the college campus. This is the greatest nation on earth and it's all because of God. He's the one that made it possible. So we give him thanks first and foremost. So now let me get into what I got to tell you. July 2nd, 1863, a town called Gettysburg, a place called Little Round Top. It was undefended, and the Union Army realized that if the Confederates took that high ground, they could win that battle. They sent troops to defend that, uh, that place, and among those troops was a man named Joshua Chamberlain from Maine. Joshua Chamberlain was with the 20th Maine, and the 20th Maine became the far left flank of the Union position and was told, hold this position at all costs, because as you go, so goes the battle. Chamberlain's unit, the 20th, was attacked, attacked by the Confederates several times, and they repulsed every attack. But they found themselves without ammunition. They found themselves in desperate straits. And Chamberlain knew that if he did not win that battle on that hill, that, the possibly, that possibly the entire battle would be lost. So he talked to his men, and he implored his men, and he stilled their spines. And he told them to attach their metal bayonets to their wooden rifles. And they lined up and they swung down that hill in the fashion of a picket fence. And they swept those Confederates off of that hill, came back up on the hill, reform, reformed, and won the day. Chamberlain went on to become known as the Lion of Little Round Top and received the Medal of Honor for his actions on that day. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because the world now is Gettysburg, and America is Little Round Top. And you, you are the soldiers 
that stand on that hill in this defense. I want you to notice what I said. I did not say Congress was the soldier standing on the hill. The Senate is not the, the, the soldier standing on the hill. The city council is not the soldiers standing on the hill. You are the soldiers standing on the hill in defense of this nation. You are. It is up to you to hold this line. Because we're standing on this hill now, and what do we see? We look down that hill, and who do we see charging up? We saw we see a whole horde being led by Jim Crow Joe, Nasty Nancy, and Chump, Sh Chump Schumer. They're coming up the hill followed by a whole raft of socialist nitwits who believe that a baby in the womb is a clump of cells and do not honor life in the womb. They believe that you should not have a firearm to protect yourself but that you should pay for them to have firearms to protect them. They don't believe that your children should be educated. They believe that they should be indoctrinated. They're dragging up that hill all types of things. CRT, transgenderism, this idea of birthing people. Who in the world came up with that garbage? They're dragging up this socialist idea that criminals should not be punished, that they should be allowed to run rampant, that our borders should be wide open, that our police should be demonized, that our veterans should be dishonored. And they're also pushing this agenda to tell you that unless you go get a shot, you cannot keep your job or open your business or go to church. See those folks that are coming up that hill. There's a word for them. They're called socialists. They're called communists. I just prefer to call them idiots. So now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Why do I talk about Joshua Chamberlain in the 20th Maine? I talk about Joshua Chamberlain in the 20th Maine because that is who we come from. We do not come from a weak, ineffective, jellyback people that when trouble happens, we find a safe space and try to find a counselor to talk about it. Americans stand up and fight for what they believe in and will put their lives on the line for what they believe in. They will put their money where their mouth is. And when the times get tough, you had best believe that Americans get going, just like they did on Little Round Talk. They don't lay down. They don't back up. They don't quit. They stand up with everything in them, and they push forward. You see, we got a lot of things we got to fix in this nation. We got a president right now that can barely string together two sentences. Somebody told me uh, the other day, I saw Joe Biden on TV, and I don't think he was blinking. I told him I think his servos were probably broken on the remote control. You see what happens when you replace a lion. Well, I would say a lamb, but that's an insult to lambs. I'm not really sure what our current president is. I'm not really sure if he realizes what he is. But I know this. In November, 
We have got to stand on that hill and we have got to declare to America that conservative principles win the day and conservative principles work. So we've got to get out. We've got to fight. We've got to talk to our friends and neighbors. Can't be the silent majority anymore. Silence never did anything in this nation. Imagine if the founders had been silent. Imagine if the abolitionists had been silent. Imagine if all the folks who came before you that made today possible had been silent and refused to stand up and fight. It's time to talk to our neighbors. It's time to talk to our friends. It's time to tell our families the good story about what conservatism does. It's time to remind them of the good days under President Donald Trump. You know, President Donald Trump, the one that CNN and ABC and the rest of all these lying news agencies, don't get me started. I ain't got the three minutes. I can go three days talking about how pitiful the news media is. So let me say this to the news media. I'm going to tell you this once, and I've already told you before. I'm not scared of the news media. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, last time I shook at my shoes was the last time uh, my mom or daddy took their belt off uh, for me. And that was a long time ago. There's only one that can take their belt off on me, and he sits high and he looks low. He is the ruler of this world, and it is not ABC, CBS, or NBC. Those agencies don't have the answers because they don't even know what the question is. So I don't fear them. If anything, I stand firm. And when they get mad, I know I'm doing it right. We got to stand up. We got to stand tall. And we got to stand firm. Because now is not the time for what was called long ago cowards and shirkers. See, the cowards and shirkers got no place right now. Unfortunately, uh, in Washington, D.C., we got a lot of cowards. Shirkers. But guess who can get rid of those cowards and shirkers? The men on that hill. And who is the men on that hill? It is you. Folks, I didn't come here today to encourage my colleagues. They don't need any encouragement. I came here today to encourage you to stand up and be the king and queens that you need to be. To study your Bible, read your Constitution, and carry those truths into the political arena so that we can save this nation from the socialist horde that is trying to drag it down into the pit of hell. It is going to be up to you. You must be the leader. You must be the ones to save this nation. You think about it. When this country was in peril during the revolution, who saved it? It was the soldiers on the field, the ordinary men and women. When it was in peril during the Civil War, who saved it? The ordinary men and women. When it was in peril during World War I and World War II and all of our other calamities, who saved it? It was the ordinary American who stood up and did extraordinary things. It is time for you to stand up and do extraordinary things. And so I say to you standing on this stage right now, read your Bible Believe in God. Read your constitution. Hold them dear to your hearts. Place the sword of truth 
on top of that bayonet of courage or the bayonet of truth, excuse me, on top of that rifle of knowledge, steal your spines and get ready to charge down that hill and let's sweep this socialist horde off of this blessed land we call the shining city on the hill, the United States of America. God bless you all. God bless Texas. God bless North Carolina. And God bless the great state of North Carolina. Thank you. Bro, what? What am I watch? What did I just watch? Seriously, what did I just watch? Y'all, I came across a crazy video. Okay, and I clicked play on it. I seen the video. I was like, yeah, I gotta show y'all this. I gotta show y'all this. This is ridiculous. Seriously, this is honestly ridiculous. But without further ado, man, if we go ahead and hop right into the video, y'all know what to do. Hit the like button, subscribe to no post notifications, follow your boy on IG. What is y'all doing? I haven't said that in a long, long time. Whatever I do. Let's get into this crazy, crazy video. Can black POC stand in the street and scream at the top of their lungs? I hate all white people. I want all white people to die. Die, white devil, you cracker bitch. Um, that's still not racism. And I don't know why people don't get that. Why white people are not. For first of all, first of all, lady, lady, I, I need you to understand something. Ain't nobody in there, mama, gonna say, die, white cracker devil be. Ain't no, that's corny. I'm sorry. That, that is corny. That, that is not something a grown woman should say. You are too grown to be saying anything like that. You are actually too grown to be thinking that black people have the privilege to go out there and say all these hurtful things to white people, but white people can't do the same thing to black people. Y'all be so hypocritical. It, it kind of It's kind of funny to me because not only are you saying these things, I will expect this coming from somebody that wasn't white. Okay, I'm, I'm beyond. I will, I will expect this coming from somebody that wasn't white. I'm literally listening to a white woman talk about how black people can do whatever they pretty much want to do without getting canceled and all that, but then we say white people has privilege. Don't don't black people have privilege? Because if we're privileged enough, or if we can go out there and say these horrible things and not be canceled and not have no backlash and not lose our job, it's crazy to me that black, I mean, white people have privilege, but black people don't, because I'm pretty sure that's privilege right there. That's privilege right there. That is racist. It's racist. It, it, seriously, like, just just listen to yourself. Just listen to yourself, lady. You're not making no sense. What you just said, that is racist. All right? That is honestly racist because it would be it would, it would have been racist if white people would have did it to black people. So how is it not racist if black people do it to white people? Please, stop jumping. Stop doing the little jumpy, jumpy, jump. No, ain't no. Seriously, no. Racism is racism. Black people can be racist too. Everybody can be racist. <laughs> Man, you people are sick. I swear, oh my gosh. You're white talking like this. That's what's not, it's, it's not clicking in my head the fact that you're white. You're white. You, you can tell you're not mixed. You're not mixed with anything. You're just white. <laughs> you're talking like this. I don't know if you want your little cool points from black people, but I'm looking at you and I'm black and I'm just looking at you like you're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. That's discrimination. It's an action that's bred out of a prejudice. Why people are not comprehending that. That's discrimination. It's an action that's bred out of a prejudice. For sure. Justified, arguably. But screaming 
um, white people should die in my face doesn't change my socioeconomic status. It doesn't change the fact that the criminal justice system was built to serve me and people who look like me. It doesn't change the fact that my skin color won't get me brutalized by the police. It doesn't change the fact that the entire country... This right here is the... This right here are the people I, I just do not like. Because one thing I know for a fact is that the same stuff that happened to black people happened to white people. I know that for a fact. Police, brutality, that happens in every single community. That's not just the black community. That's what you people feel to realize. You people really sit there and think that, oh my gosh, police, they only pick on black people. They only pick on, it's black officers too. It's black officers too. So are you saying that they're racist if they kill another black man? I'm just curious. Police brutality happens literally in every single community. Just because you haven't dealt with it yet, trust and believe it may happen sooner or later. It may happen. So, and I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say when you get pulled over by the police, and you probably don't not uh, do not uh, cooperate with the police. I want to see. I want to see where you want to be. I want to know if they're going to be gentle with you, or if they're going to take you down and do what they got to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I really want to see that because police brutality happens in every single community. It's not just one community. That's what y'all fail to realize. You and you really sitting here talking as if you just man. Oh my. Gosh, bro, this this lady needs all the help. I seriously, she needs Jesus. She need uh, she she need a therapist. That's what she needs for real, for real. Country was built to cater to people who look like me. Screaming, I hate white people, doesn't change the fact that the entire country was built to cater to people who look like me. Screaming, I hate white people at me, doesn't change the fact that I am dripping with white privilege. As long as I hold the power dynamic, I cannot be subject to racism. Hurt white feelings does not equal racism. This is not a conversation. If BIPOC stand in the street and scream at the top of their lungs, I hate all white people, I want... I have no words, y'all. I seriously have no words. Usually when I make videos like this, I have everything in the books to say. Everything. I seriously have no words for this lady. Because it's crazy to me. You, I, you're, you're literally just saying everything that black people say about y'all. Pretty much. And you're basically saying, oh, it's okay. You understand why, You understand their, frustra their frustration. My whole thing is that black people haven't even been... They haven't even experienced all the hurt that must hap that happened to our ancestors. So for them to keep bringing that into 2022, thinking that, oh, back in 1865 or back in 1864, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Back in the 1800s, when they keep bringing all that pain and hurt that black people done faced back then to 2022, they haven't even dealt with half of the trauma that uh, our ancestors even dealt with, dealt with. Like, you literally just talking just to get some cool points from black people. Because, you know, black people go see your video, and they're going to be, oh, my gosh, she's so correct. All the woke black people, the, the black people that don't have no common sense with what's going on in America. The people who vote Democrat, like, those are the people that's going to get your, you know what I'm saying? Those are the people that's going, oh, my gosh, she's so right. She's so right. But you're not. You just sound stupid. All, you, all you're doing right now is basically... Telling black people that it's that you understand their frustration, that you that you uh that you're quick that you're okay with them being racist to you, but you can't be racist back to them. <sighs> All white people to go die, die white devil, you cracker bitch. 
Um, that's still not racism. And I don't know why people don't get that, why white people are not comprehending that. That's discrimination. It's an action that's bred out of a prejudice, for sure. Justified, arguably. But screaming, um, white people should die in my face doesn't change my socioeconomic status. It doesn't change. Okay. I'm done. Y'all, y'all let me know what y'all think about this. Y'all seriously let me know what y'all think about this. This is like this is the first video i just honestly gave up on it's like i have no other thoughts for this video simply because it's stupid it's stupid the way that you're talking about your own community you know what i'm saying and when i talk about black people i don't just bash them and talk down on them like no i want them to wake up but you seriously giving the you giving black people the the leeway to say yeah you can say all these things about us we understand well i understand i am dripping with right privilege like well like i'm just confused one thing we got to stop doing is talking down on ourselves. I'm dripping with white privilege. Or, you know, for black people, oh, I'm oppressed. Stop talking down on yourself. Life or death lies in the power of the tongue. Y'all need to realize that. And what she's saying right now is a whole bunch of nonsense. Whole bunch of nonsense, bruh. Seriously. I just don't understand. It's like anything that black people do is not racist. It's not racist at all. We can do whatever we choose to do. That's not racist. But y'all do anything to us, we we at y'all next. Everything is racist that y'all do. You see the hypocrisy? It's like we pick and choose. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're just picking and choosing. You want to be, you want to have your little cool points from black people. That's what you want. That's why you make the video. You don't even believe half of the stuff that you're saying. You're just saying what black people want to hear. That's what you're doing. Exactly what you're doing because I could tell that you're pure white. And that's no offense, I'm just being honest, you're pure white, I can tell, and you just want your little, that's all you, that's why you make the video, this is a whole bunch of nonsense, y'all need to get out y'all heads, and seriously bro, seriously, seek Jesus, that's what you need, seek him, seek him, seek him, gain some wisdom, gain some knowledge about what's really going on. <laughs> Y'all let me know what y'all think about this video, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, turn on post notifications, man. I love y'all. Y'all, man, this video got me hot, bro. I don't even got nothing to say, bro. I'm just like, I should make this a short, honestly. But y'all let me know what y'all think about the video, man. I love y'all. God bless. Stay blessed. Peace. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other, that's pretty much, that's pretty much I don't care what say, it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get first of all, right? Time up. Only got five minutes more. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You're going to tell me somebody looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't gonna be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't gonna let you get no, oh, you know you're not gonna be able to do it here because, you know, white, the, the white man, the white man gonna keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of uh, this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we even talking about this right now. The last thing we're gonna say right here is something that's crazy. 
Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Not their skin. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely going to complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black people. Mother dog will sit there and just pee, pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. When it all comes down to it, the person that's going to be suffering from this, the ones that's going to be hurt from this, is the kids. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on the blame for this? Because this is stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing this stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. You know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. To the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves work and getting there. And they not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So CRT stuff, BS. Tonight, would you please welcome to the show Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North. <laughs> Welcome back, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You talk about in this book, and it's so powerful. It's a great American story. You grew up in a rat-infested home in Greensboro, North Carolina. Life wasn't easy for you. Mm -hmm. You're now the lieutenant governor of the state. A lot of people believe you'll be the next governor of North Carolina. I would not be surprised. I'd be surprised if you weren't. So what is it about Mark Robinson that made all of this journey and it happened. Well, I think number, the number one thing is the fact that I was introduced at an early age uh, to my faith through my mother. Uh, faith is what's got us through. I tell people, folks don't believe this is still the greatest uh, country on earth. I've got a story to tell them because uh, my story is only possible in America and with God. Mm. And so it's the, it's the faith factor that really is what kills people. I know that you're one of the most absolute dynamic speakers I've ever heard. But God has given you an ability to communicate in such a way, and it all started at that city council meeting. Did you plan that it would be that much of an impact when you went and spoke? Absolutely not. And in fact, when I went to that meeting, I didn't plan on speaking at all. Uh, I got down to that meeting uh, because I'd done a lot of politics on social media, and I said, you know, here's a chance to go down and be seen in person to stand up for what you believe in. And so I went down and my intention was to support the people who I knew would be there speaking, uh, for speaking up for things that I believed in. But when I got there and I heard some of the things that I heard, I just honestly, I got madder and madder. And I just said, I've got to say something. And I, the, the rest, as they say, is, uh, is history. At, at what point did it become uh, obvious that God might be saying, hey, Mark, there may be an opportunity for you run for office. And I'm sure there may have been in your mind, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if there was a moment when that happened, but I do remember the moment it hit me how life-changing this had been. And this is, uh, I can't remember, maybe early 2019, hmm. I had been invited to go to Nuremberg, Germany uh, by a gun rights group in Europe. And as I was leaving Nuremberg, uh, I was
was looking out the window at the mountains in the distance and thinking, I've come all this way and now God has led me all the way to Nuremberg, Germany on this journey. This is not by happenstance. Yeah. This is an on purpose. This is where God wants me. He wants me in this arena uh, to share a word that's going to inspire people to keep the rights that he has given them. Uh, and it's led me all the way over here to a foreign country. So it was at that moment that I knew that God was leading me in the direction that he wanted me to be in. Your book is titled, We Are the Majority. A lot of people say, oh, no, 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 you, you, you conservatives and pro-life people and pro-Second Amendment people, uh, you, you really are out there on the extreme. You're on the edge. You don't think that. Absolutely not. And when I say we are the majority, I'm not just talking about the people who think like me. I'm talking about all the Americans and uh, all the Americans in this country who get up every day, go to work, work hard for their families, um, play fair, play by the rules and want, want to keep and maintain their rights and want to be treated fairly. That's the majority in this country. The vast majority of, of people in this country, they want to do the right thing and they want the right thing done. No matter what party they may be a part of or, or whether they're political or apolitical, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about that group of Americans that want to do it right and do it right themselves. You know, Governor, I think that there are a lot of people who can relate to you as a person who has struggled. Uh, you know, you didn't go get a Harvard Law degree and uh, hang out your shingle in some law firm. You've worked hard. You've worked like a lot of Americans have had to work, and you bring that to the state capitol every single day. That's got to be important. Absolutely. One of the first questions I was asked when I was running for lieutenant governor, uh, someone asked me, how much political experience do you have? My answer was, I have zero political experience, and I don't want any political experience. What I want to do is I want to take the citizenship experience that I have hmm. as a North Carolinian and as an American. I want to take that to Raleigh and represent the North Carolinians who have walked the same walk that I've walked. Because I, I understand what they've gone through. I understand what they are because I've been there. And I don't ever want to forget that. I don't want to be that person that has a political career. I want to be that uh, citizen servant who is there to serve the people who elected them. And we want to keep that perspective on. What a novel idea. A representative form of government with people who actually represent real people. Absolutely. There's no wonder why you have become one of the most popular political figures in the country. I will predict that this book, We Are the Majority, will be a runaway bestseller. It should be. Uh, it is your story, but it's also the story of every American who just loves this country and loves the basic uh, constitutional privileges that we have. That's right. Anxious to see where God is going to take you, wherever the top is. I have a feeling that's where you're headed. Yes, sir. Thank but you. uh, we're so glad to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. It's been a pleasure. Attorney Governor Mark Robinson. Now, our audience can pick up the book, We Are the Majority. This is available wherever books are sold, and you can also keep up with the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina online. We have all the links for you to do that at Huckabee.tv. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Since you're still here, let me share something with you. If you click on the subscribe button below, hit that notification bell next to it. And